You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. I've been excited to have another one of our great internal guests here at Galaxy Vets join us. Why don't you introduce our guest? Hey, very excited. Uh, today we have Tina Stofill. Tina is a VP of Membership Services at Galaxy Vets. Her enthusiasm and quick learning abilities provided her with many experiences in her 21 years in Banfield. As the business grew from 200k wellness plans to over 2.4 million, she immersed herself in every aspect of the product. She collaborated with medicine, commercial marketing, uh, learning and development, finance, legal, P&O. What is a P&O? People and organization. People and organization, mm-hmm. IT, ops, and hospital field to drive many changes to the product, supporting systems and processes. The ability to customize a pet's plan, DNA testing for old puppy plans, online enrollment, and virtual care services, a few of her proud accomplishments. Tina, welcome, and thank you for finding the time. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm missing one part of your biography here, which I do know. Are you not a aircraft mechanic, something, something really, really cool? I was, I was an aviation hydraulics mechanic in the military. All right. In the Navy. That's cool. Let's go there. How did you choose that profession and how (laughs) did you convert from that to doing what you were doing at Banfield with wellness plans and how that became a springboard uh, for you to kind of, did, did, did your initial passion help you with what you were doing at Benefield? So, so I would say my passion really is about learning new things, right? Learning, learning how they work, how do we make them better, all the details and stuff. So the reason I went into aviation hydraulics mechanic is because I didn't want to do the typical thing. I didn't want to go into nursing or whatever the normal female roles were. And so when I took the test and they said, here's a list of things. And I said, yep, sign me up for that. I want to, I want to learn how to do that. That, that sounds like something that I can do. So I did that and I was in for four years. However, when you get out of the military, four years is not really enough time to learn all of the mechanics. And I'm like, okay, now I can't go into, can't go into the civilian aircraft mechanic because I don't have enough schooling. And at that time, I was just thinking about it at that time, email was just becoming a thing. Uh, Computerized things were just becoming a thing. And so I went into, um, took some courses in computerized accounting and microcomputer applications. Basically, how to use a computer and how do you do your books on the computer? So then that landed me in uh, in human healthcare doing underwriting. Started off doing, you know, individual stuff into group stuff. And then that moved into a project to help automate the small business quoting process because it was a lot of redundancy and it was pretty regulated within the healthcare system. And so I worked with developers to develop a system to do that. So then he moved on and then he went to um, Banfield and they were starting up a pet health insurance. And he's like, hey, why don't you come join me over here? So now I'm over into the pet, the pet space and we were going to, you, you know, build out pet health insurance that that kind of fell through. 
Um, but in the meantime, I'd started working with the founder, uh, Dr. Campbell on pricing and reporting and analysis. And I learned through a lot of meetings with him, you better be prepared. He would ask you the toughest questions. And so that just fed my desire to want to learn. And then that just turned into, I dug into every little piece because I always wanted to have the answer for him every time we were in a meeting, right? Um, and so then that kind of grew and grew and went from pricing into, well, reporting into pricing. And then I moved to, to focus in on options. So personalizing, customizing the wellness plans. And that was a really key pivot for us to be able to do that. And there's not very many people that do that even today. Um, and then keep leaning into the IT and the development side of it. And so how do we integrate with uh, the wisdom panel into the puppy plan and the DNA? And then how do we then extract that out and work towards using those informations? And then roll into uh, online enrollment, right? How do we make it easier for the clients to actually start their enrollment before they get there? And then of course, with COVID, that rolled into trying to figure out virtual services within that. So all along the way, I had this book was called uh, kind of my what ifs. What if things were different? What if we didn't have to do things the same way? And then uh, when I was approached about the job at Galaxy, everything I kept saying, well, what if? Well, what if we don't have production pay? Oh, you don't have production pay? Great, that opens up a lot of, lot of you know, opportunities. What if we had a full healthcare system and not just GP? So as I started looking at what Galaxy Vet was doing, I was like, this is, this is really opening up a lot of my what ifs that I had in my book about making changes to how, uh, how we do pet healthcare. That's an amazing story. And what I'm hearing through this story, and I think that that's sort of what summarizes, is you like to solve problems and you like to the process improvement, which is a huge part of our culture, which is always evolving is one of our core values. So uh, so that's uh, that's what I'm hearing from this. He continuously wanted to improve something. That's the second time I'm hearing Scott Campbell's name in two days, which is interesting. Uh, he's quite a well-known uh, person in the industry. I'm hoping to meet him one day. So what is the difference between wellness plans and membership model? And is it something new and different? or is this just a different color of the same thing? Hmm. Well, so I was really specific about calling it membership services when, when I got here for, for this exact reason of wellness plans are very focused on preventive care and those packages, right? And what we want to do with membership is make it, make it bigger, right? So we're going to have ERs, we're going to have specialty, we're going to have all these other things. And so I wanted to make sure that we were being inclusive of that. Um, the other thing is just looking at it more of a, um, how do I say, like, you, you're having access to something, right? So instead of I'm buying, I have these three packages of things and I'm buying them, it's actually the access to the care and just looking at it a little bit different. So I was really, really purposely not calling it wellness plans just because I want it to be much more holistic. Excellent. So with that, uh, what opportunities do, do you see in the model that we have? Because because we have the membership model supporting the access to care in uh, in all the verticals of what we're doing. So the virtual care, as you said, general practice, 
and the emergency medicine. What your prediction is, how that's going to change the behavior of the customer? Is it going to ease the decision making to uh, go to the vet or what, what is the expected behavior that we will see? Right. Um, so I'm super excited because we have we have telehealth right as part of that and we have the teletriage and we've got uh, Dr. Sarah on that and that's really going to help enable that too. But by us not paying production, we can focus on ensuring we get to pet to the right type of care that they need and also not having, you know, getting that access to care for the clients. They don't have to decide. They know they can go to one spot and say somebody's going to be able to help me get to the right place and that my membership actually applies. My benefits actually apply to the whole thing, because what we see it, when it's just in a general practice is the fact that, OK, I go to GP. That's where my benefit is. That's where I have the office visit or the discount or whatever it is. So they're going to want to go there. Right. I'm paying for services there. So then you end up with emergency cares in the middle of your GP day. And then if you can't see them because they, they either tried to fit you in because of that or because it actually became not, they don't have the facility to do that and they have to send you somewhere else. Well, now they're upset because they're like, but I'm paying you, right? As, and so if I go here, I'm not gonna get that benefit. So I think that the combination of the doctors not worrying about they need to keep those dollars here in their hospital and the variety that we can we can go across of course when we ultimately get to the full solar systems that that variety then will make the client feel like there is no reason for us to not get them to the right place and so i think that those are the things that can just really differentiate from what's out there right now that's <clears throat> that's great and so one thing that's kind of interesting so you know we're we're going about and my primary focus right now, right, is acquiring new practices to to join Galaxy Vets. And I know there are outside companies that provide wellness plans or, or you know, packages. Uh, VCP is, you know, one that's very popular. Mm -hmm. What's the difference of how you're envisioning even those first founding clinics that we have being part of the membership program versus what someone that could go out and set up their own wellness plan within their or their own you know, care packages within their PIM system or, or on an independent practice level. Right. So, so part of what happens sometimes when you make it a bolt on is it's a, it's a different business model and you have to look at your finances and you have to look at the services and all those things differently. Right. So when you just bolt it on, then it starts to feel like an additional thing that I have to do within the clinic. Right. If we start off even with our our basic hospitals and we don't have a full solar system, that's going to be part of their everyday workday to understand. And I and they can use it as a tool by it being internal. Right. So when you do it as buying it through something else, you're limited to what it is that that particular system, that particular not that they can't choose the items that are in it, but you don't have the flexibility to maybe do some things you'd like to do by just paying another service for that, right? Um, and also the other thing is they don't have that flexibility to allow that transferability, right? Like I can go from this hospital to this hospital, right? They don't, they don't have that interconnection. It's a one hospital, sure, yep, then you can get that there. So the, the fact that when, for us, even if we might have, you know, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and one right in the middle, if they happen to be traveling, 
they're going to be able to to use those services because we're going to have that data in in the cloud and by having that system internally that really helps us with that flexibility and especially as we start growing we can scale it to the different types of products that we can offer so when we get a specialist or when we get something else then that really helps that all come together you, you mentioned a couple of times solar systems and maybe not everybody understands what that means can you explain what solar system is in galaxy sure the way i way i think of it right is you're gonna have you're gonna have your star right in the middle and then you're and you're gonna have your i probably get some of the names wrong but the stars and the moons and you've got all this rolling around if you've got telehealth and then you've got membership and so think of it an entire healthcare system. That's the way I think of it as a healthcare system. And then we have those one-offs that might be far away and they're not near other things. And those are going to be our asteroids. So we've kind of come up with different names with like how they play within that system. But for people trying to relate it to something they know, think about maybe a Kaiser or something like that, where you have everything is included within that same healthcare system, not just a GP and not just an ER. And maybe there's some referrals in between. Yeah. So, so essentially it's our way of calling the regional density of what people call the region in each particular maybe city, which is within the reach of one vertical integration of the lab services. The star is our central ER hospital with a surgical center. So we're, uh, cause we're a bit nerdy about this. We're, we're calling this a solar system. We want to build these solar systems across the U S and hopefully soon then, uh, uh, developing into Canada and maybe even other countries in the future. But I just wanted to kind of outline that to the listeners. So with that, how are you seeing develop? So membership right now is providing access to care. So that's the basic access to your virtual care and the GP and the ER hospitals. As we continue, I know that you like this concept of the personalized care mm-hmm. and uh, and designing the the further memberships to the sort of, you know, base plus and other names, whatever we come up with. Uh, what is the personalized care in that language and how do you design that? Well, really, you know, what you need to do is, I, I think what people realize, especially think about pet DNA, right? We know a lot about pets now, and we can't just tell what kind of breed they are necessarily by the by just looking at them and go, oh, a, you know, a boxer needs this and a, you know, Rottweiler or a Pekingese or whatever needs these type of thing. So we have Dr. Lowell Ackerman on board too. So Ivan's kind of stack, stacking the deck here if, if you guys haven't figured this out. And, you know, he can really help us say, well, what, do, what are the things that we know about these different pets? And then how do we customize the care that they need beyond like your basics of vaccines and deworming and that sort of stuff? And so what we're looking to do is put together a system that allows us to customize that care pretty intensely for those pets, because that's what we see from a pen owner's perspective, right? When you just have a a package and I got to choose between these three, well, what if my pet can't have a dental or what if I'd actually need some other type of care? So what we really want to do is create some flexibility within the plan to really get down to truly customizing the care to the pet. Now that's going to take some time. And part of that comes with by having the solar system, because maybe some pet needs to see a specialist on an ongoing basis, or maybe they need to be getting lab work, you know, every three months because they're on diabetes. So that's what we're really trying to do is take the the academics and things that we know about pets, the data we know about pets and the diseases they have and that sort of thing, and bring that together to then further increase the amount of care that we can provide while also doing it on a budget, like budgeting it out. 
So uh, you connected with a friend of mine, Matthew Flynn from mm. Europe. So he is the CEO and the, I think he's the head, well, he's probably the CEO of PenderVet, mm -hmm. which is the network of employee-owned organization in the UK. Can you tell us about his experience? Because he's driving the membership model because Modern Animal has that, but they're doing it out of the gate. So they have the luxury of just putting everybody on the platform. How do they do it at PenderVet? And uh, what did you hear about the benefits and maybe the downsides of doing it that way? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we had a lovely conversation. I think it was scheduled for like 30 minutes and we went for like two and a half hours. So um, it was really, really great to just hear how everything was going there. So yes, they are doing a membership only where and the benefits are is that yes, on any type of membership, whether you require member only or you have it, when you make it easier for clients to do more for their pets, especially on things that they know they're going to do, you're going to increase. I mean, we did lots of studies, even with Banfield, where we looked at the difference of the care between the two. So that was one. Of, and, and you saw more. You saw more care being done, especially on the basic stuff, you know, the preventive care. And so that's what they were seeing. They were seeing an increase of care within the pets, within their within their hospitals. The, the thing about with what they have going on over there is they have the same kind of issue that we have where we don't have enough vets. And so they're actually using it more in a limiting, limiting how many people they take on because that way they know, hey, we've committed to these people. These people are paying us monthly. So now we know what our base is. And so it, it has increased their membership a little bit, but it hasn't been the driver of their membership. So they're using it more from a, how do we limit how many people come in? It's an, it's an interesting concept that I heard for the first time from my friend, Ellen Robinson, who you also, I also talked with him. Yes. Yeah. So, so what they've done and correct me if I'm wrong here, but what they've done, they actually experimented on a hospital where they've done that. They implemented the membership model. And essentially, because I'm very interested and in, we are very interested in Galaxy in driving the burnout down. Mm -hmm. And what they realize that by implementing the membership model, you're limiting the access to care to people that truly care about their pets. And it's filtering out the clients that are not willing to spend money on their pets. Essentially, it's not limiting it through cost because you're essentially consuming the consult fee. So you're mm -hmm. delivering value for the cost of membership. So there's a value delivered, but also people that can't even sign up for 20 or 30 bucks, whatever the membership is going to be, then it eliminates people that I'm used to see in the emergency hospital that are, that are yelling at you in the front desk, telling you that you're all about the money and went to vet school because you like money, not pets. And what they've seen, it actually decreases the burnout on the team by attracting the right customer. Is that, is that something that Alan mentioned to you? We did talk about that. We we actually talked uh, more about the he's building something like what you're saying, but he's also applying it to a school scenario, like a, a teaching facility. And so they're wanting people to and because over there they they have like they have their insurance. That's a big thing over there, pet insurance and then the food and all these other things. And so in his model that he was explaining to me, they're actually trying to drive more through so that they can get more experience for the veterinary team. We didn't go into a whole lot about the part where he had had implemented it on on that. And I can see how that could do that, right? Is that you're going to weed out the ones who were just going to come in and then they're going to complain and they're going to want everything for nothing. And, and that's definitely a valid reason. 
So what, you know, what I'm looking to do here is definitely follow, you know, design thinking and the, the lean startup stuff and say, let's test into that, right? Let's, let's see what it looks like in a natural sort of organic enrollment. And then maybe we take a hospital and we say, okay, now if we apply it and we say it's actually membership only, what does that do? Because I don't think we have enough data to know what it might actually tweak within the model that we need to account for. And so we'll definitely be looking into that based on seeing what is done in other situations. Tina, I, I know there's actually a mountain of things that I'd love to dive into with you as well, but we always do stay firm to our commitment for the timing of our of listeners. Um, I do want to make sure we'll, we'll put the notes in there for the link to the um, other episodes that we've had with some of the guests that we've actually talked about that, uh, that you had a chance to chat with from some previous episodes and, and actually from last season. But one of the, or two questions that we ask every guest, one is if there's a book, a TED talk, a podcast or something like that, that you'd recommend that people read, listen to, or consume, what, what do you think people should look into to, to get some more knowledge? Sure. I kind of, I kind of just uh, let the cat out of the bag a second ago and that the lean startup, because um, that actually coming from a big company, right? Banfield's part of Mars. It's very big, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to move from that and the way those processes are, I just love the, the lean startup and it really does help you focus for somebody like me, who's really like trying to be you know, solving all the solutions, all, getting all the solutions all the time. I really thought that it helped me focus and realize, okay, you can look at the big picture, but you need to start small. You need to take little baby steps. You reverse engineer stuff. Here's where I think out here where I'm going. And then now how do I break it up so that I can actually learn what I need to learn? So for me coming in that environment, that's, that was, that's been an invaluable book for me. That's one of my favorite books. Yeah. Um, in fact, when we were building SmartFlow, that's the first book that coincidentally I just walked in because I didn't know how to build startups. I didn't know how to, like, I knew nothing about it. So I walked into the chapters and basically went to the, like a startup section and I picked up a book and it was Lean Startup, which, which coincidentally is very, very helpful book. So yeah. Is that's chapters a, a Canadian thing? Is that like uh is that like Tim Hortons to Dunkin' Donuts or something? We have, yeah, we have books in Canada. So, uh, and they're sold in that store. Yeah. And they're sold in stores. Oh, see, we, we just get them delivered to us here in the U.S. Um, you guys will get there in a few years. But um, all right. So the, the last question that we ask is who else on the Galaxy Vets team or, or through your career um, do you think would be a great guest to have on the show? Yeah, I've kind of been waffling on this one because there's just so many, like, again, Ivan has stacked the deck with all the people that he's, all the experts that he brought in. Um, but but one who I actually have a, in the connection of the military is uh, Rory Lubold, senior, mm. the calm captain, right? So when we talk, we both are on the same page because military, but his uh, journey has been interesting too, how he gets to veterinary care. And he's just you know, amazing at how he gets the IT stuff all just brought together from across the world, even when he's bringing stuff together. So I think he'd be a fun person to talk to. I love his story. That's a great recommendation. So we'll definitely get him on next time. Tina, pleasure to see you every time. I love your passion about the membership model that we're building. And I think it will definitely provide access to care that the pets deserve. For sure. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. 
If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com.